Hi, this is Dr. Steven with UpClick Magazine. Today we're going to be bringing to you Art Heist that will be coming to the Broward Center for the Performing Arts and the Arts Center for the Performing Arts. It will be coming March 16th through April 4th, 2021. Before we bring on the co-writer and co-director, we're gonna play a short video for you to tell you a little bit about this upcoming unique show. Put your CSI and TV detective skills to the test with Art Heist, an outdoor, socially distant, true crime walking theater experience. Expect intrigue, high stakes, and lots of laughs as you work to solve the greatest unsolved art theft of all time. Get tickets, gather clues, and crack the case. Any other questions? All right, detectives, get ready. We're going to bring on TJ Daw, who is the co-writer and director of the show. TJ, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me on, Dr. Stephen. Thank you. Did I get your name correct? First of all, let me make sure. You did 100% correct, and I appreciate awesome. that. Awesome. Very good. You are in Canada, so we were talking about the climate change. Um, we are obviously down here in South Florida. Yeah, I'm in Vancouver, the tiny corner of Canada that doesn't really get winter, just gets a lot of Seattle-style rain. So it's just starting to warm up and the cherry blossoms are blooming on the spring and or on the trees and spring is on its way and I love it. Awesome, well, we are excited to have Art Heist coming to the Broward Center and to the Art Center. Tell us about Art Heist. It's a completely different reimagined kind of experiential show. So tell us about it, TJ. Yeah, this show is kind of a combination between an escape room and a scavenger hunt. So the audience is moving from place to place. The subject of the show is a real crime. It's a true crime art robbery that happened from the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston in 1990. So the wee hours of St. Patrick's Day and two thieves came in and took 13 pieces of art that are valued at half a billion dollars total. That was almost 31 years ago to the day. Not one of those pieces of art has been recovered and not one arrest has been made. This is an unsolved, still open case and there is still a $10 million reward for information that leads to the recovery of any of the items of stolen art. So the format of the show is that the audience is given a role and the role of the audience is they are a batch of recruits for the FBI's new art recovery division. And they're gonna look into this unsolved case and they're gonna meet the top suspects and they're gonna interrogate them. And at the end of the show, they're gonna determine which of the suspects they've met they believe is the most likely to have been involved in this crime. So the audience is brought from place to place. They have guides that tell them where to go or bring them there and then tell them, okay, the next person you're going to meet is this person and here's what you need to know about them. You might want to ask them about that. Then they have 10 minutes to interrogate that suspect. And they can ask them questions based on the information they've been fed about their involvement or supposed involvement in the Gardner Heist. Or they can ask them any random question at all because you never know what somebody's sharp senses are going to determine is going to be a question that's going to be pipeline straight to the truth. Okay. So they go from place to place. It lasts about 80 to 90 minutes and it's all outdoors and it's all COVID safe and socially distanced. Okay. So we get to be part of the interrogation team. Am I understanding that correct? Yes. The audience are active investigators. So when people think of theater, the audience's role is generally passive. You sit in your chair, you watch what's mm -hmm. happening, you laugh, you applaud, et cetera, et cetera. This one's kind of different. So every performance is radically different based on what the audience does. 
So mm -hmm. the quality of the questions, the quantity of the questions, and what you can fish out of the actors' imaginations completely shapes how the show unfolds. Mm -hmm. Are there any of the clues you're allowed to tell us, or is that all completely a surprise when they get there? There are a number of clues specific to each to each suspect, and so when the audience gets there, they get an electronic program, and what's in the program is a list of clues for each suspect, some of which are digital, so there is some audio clips, there is some video, there's different things like that. Uh, one of the juicier clues, the first suspect the audience meets is one of the guards who was on duty that night, and he was bound up with duct tape by the thieves, but mm. a strange detail that nobody can explain, including the current security director of the museum, who's really looked into this, is that of the 13 pieces of art stolen, the motion sensors in the museum accounted for the movements of the thieves, except for one of them. There was one stolen from a room that the thieves never went into. The only person who went in there was the guard. So did he steal it? And if he did, why? What advantage wouldn't that dude just wouldn't that just draw a big circle around him saying this is clearly the inside guy? And he denies having done it. So what's going on there? Did the motion sensors not work? They were tested afterwards and they worked just fine. Did someone invade them? Did somebody steal it beforehand? So there's there's a few different bizarre, mysterious details like that that no one's been able to figure out. But the more people who are actively working on this, the more brains there are. It's entirely possible somebody who sees this show is gonna be like, that's what happened. Mm. And this whole thing could still be cracked and that person might get $10 million. Mm. Uh, it sounds like a fascinating unsolved mystery. There's so many reasons why maybe this wasn't been solved. And like you said, there's gonna be that, that missing piece out there that somebody is going to find. And there is a real uh, reward for this? It is, it's directly from the museum. So the museum is named after the woman who is a philanthropist about a hundred some years ago who founded it. And she endowed the museum with her inheritance, with her money. And she also said that the contents of the museum must never change. Mm -hmm. So because they've got these stolen items, now what they have are empty frames. You can see this is where this Rembrandt used to be. This is where this Vermeer used to be. This is where this Degas used to be. And part of her legacy is wanting to preserve the quality and the contents of the museum. So that reward comes directly from the museum itself. It's not from the FBI. It's not from any law enforcement agency. So it is a no questions asked kind of thing. And it's interesting, the, you know, the floor, there, is, there are two Florida connections to this case. I won't say what they are. You know, let somebody who comes to see it find that out. But it's entirely possible that somebody seeing the show in Florida specifically would have an advantage in possibly having seen somebody or having known something or having seen something somewhere. So if I dig through my garage and find these and bring them, do I win the reward? Is that <laughs> on the spot? You will get a big briefcase. Yes. If, if I find these in my garage or I find them in someone's garage. If you do, I'm dead serious. This will not just be national news. This will be international news because from what I understand, this is the biggest art heist that has ever happened or at least within America's borders. So yeah, the recovery of even one of these pieces of art would be massive news. And, and I really do appreciate just how this sounds, but I'll say it anyway, it would be incredible publicity for the show. Be breaking news if, if when when if they're discovered. Absolutely. What would make someone uh, steal them and then hide them? Isn't that bizarre? So yeah, these are uninsured items. That was a kind of a lapse in the museum's just way they ran things. Is they didn't insure any of their stuff, so everything was irreplaceable. Obviously, because art, it's unique. So generally, these things are ransomed back to the institution or used as a bargaining chip if somebody's put in jail for a different crime. 
to lessen their sentence or eliminate their sentence. And neither of those things has happened. There is a story that an FBI agent who specialized in art recovery came this close to recovering three of the paintings from, of all places, Corsica. Supposedly the Corsican mafia had them. There was also some rumors of various times that the Irish Republican army had them. But none of those things came to fruition, we don't know. So whoever's got them is holding them for reasons of their own. Did they stash them and then get killed? Are they still holding them and waiting till they appreciate even more before sending them back? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? We don't know. But something of such great value is somewhere, and we just have not discovered where they're at, and somebody will, well, this is the opportunity for someone to be involved in this great mystery. You are the co-writer and co-director. Tell us about uh, maybe the process of how this came about too, TJ, if you don't mind. Yeah, so this show is entirely inspired by the fact that COVID just killed indoor live entertainment. So the producer of the company, the company's called Right Angle Entertainment. Mm -hmm. uh, the, there's two producers that run it. Justin Suds is one of them. I've known him and worked with him off and on on various projects for many, many years. When COVID brought everything to a screeching halt, Right Angle brought all of their touring shows to a screeching, you know, just to a screeching halt. And then we just got thinking, okay, well, what can we do? Justin had had this idea for a while, as I mentioned before, kind of inspired by escape rooms and scavenger hunts. These are things people can do that aren't the same old, same old theater. People do escape rooms and scavenger hunts that don't come to theater otherwise, because people don't think of those as theater, but they're interactive, they're live. You know, you can't have a video of an escape room or a scavenger hunt. It's not the same experience. You need to be there just like you do for live theater. And unlike indoor live theater, there's very little overhead because it's happening outside. And then looking at the COVID safety protocols, Justin realized you can do this. You can have the audience in masks. You can have everybody stand six feet apart. You can have performers doing things on their own so that nobody has to be in close proximity to each other so nobody's in danger. Nobody's gonna inadvertently kill anybody else. So he found a loophole. This is the loophole. So we brainstormed a bunch of ideas of like, okay, so for this live outdoor immersive show, what could it be? What would it be about? And the one we settled on was this, partially because for one thing, true crime has a huge following. And then secondly, this is an entirely bloodless, nonviolent crime. So it doesn't have the grisliness that a lot of true crime has. So you could bring an 11 year old kid to it. You could bring your grandparents to it and people have. It's not necessarily a family show. There's dark content. Obviously we're talking about crime, but with the right 11 year old and we have had this happen, they are in there and they are looking at the suspects and they're asking pertinent questions. And because it's all interactive, we had one suspect, everybody understood, including the 11 year old, where this was coming from. But at one point, this one 11 year old was interrogating this one suspect so relentlessly that he said to her, all right, you're done. You don't get to ask any more questions. Everybody else gets to ask questions, but not me. <laughs> So there's every possibility that people are going to get engaged in this show in a way that theater generally doesn't, you know, because usually the limit of our involvement is laughter or applause, not this one. So that's what we, that's what we devised. And then as we were working on it, we discovered that the Achilles heel of the show is that it sometimes runs too long because people keep asking questions. They want to play with people. They want to interact with people. They want to have new conversations about new things because we've been cooped up and we've been feeding ourselves on non-interactive art. And we've been, mm. we've been in conversation with the same people, whether it's the people we live with or friends that we're Zooming with, but suddenly you're with strangers and suddenly you're interacting with people and suddenly you have something new to talk about and something you have a new puzzle to solve that is not related to COVID or the possible imminent collapse of American democracy. So. People just soak this up, I have found. And 
just keeping and discussing things with their friends that they came with, with their family, or even with strangers that they meet that they can stay six feet away from. Mm. I think that's a good point. One, it's not just regular um, passive enjoyment of art. And two, uh, we've been cooped up for so long watching video that is completely distant. We actually get to be there and participate, uh, put on our thinking camps, put on our imagination and actually become part of it. And it's also, like you said, it is actually a real crime that people get to be part of. So what a fascinating multifaceted um, event that you have created for people to get them out of the house, get them outdoors, get them active, and maybe get our brains working a little bit after a while of sitting around and kind of being couch potatoes and walk, watching so much purely online video content, but get people engaged. This sounds really fascinating, TJ. Thank you for bringing this uh, to fruition and bringing it to South Florida. Oh, I'm so happy it's coming. And you know, one of my favorite aspects about it is it lets people channel their inner detective. Because I think mm. a lot of us have fantasies whenever we're watching a procedural or a movie or reading a detective novel. A lot of us wonder like, could I do that? Could, would I have the brains? Would I have the stick the gumption to follow these breadcrumbs and, and come up with a solution that nobody else can see? So in this, people actually get to do it. So what we want is to give people that thrill of being like brought right into a high stakes mystery and then figuring out like, this is what happened. This mm. means this, which means this, which means this, therefore this. Well, it will be here March 16th through April 4th, 2021 uh, in two locations, actually very excited at the Arts Center uh, in Miami and up here at the Broward Center for the Performing Arts uh, in uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, Florida. So two, two amazing venues. We work with both of them on several of their events. And so they are co-partnering together to bring it to both venues. So again, at the Arts Center and at the Broward Center coming up. Um, Arthur's going to put up the website again so we can see arscenter.org for tickets and browardcenter.org for tickets as well. We work with them. They're great people to work with. They always put on amazing production. So I'm excited to see how they're going to take the outside of both venues, which is beautiful, and flip it into around into a crime scene. So uh, we look forward to this. TJ, is there anything else you wanted to add about the um, uh, production before we close out? Yeah, both casts are local. So one of the great pleasures for me of working on this show, I'm directing entirely by Zoom because I'm in Vancouver, is getting to meet and work with the talented people in these cities and just help them dive into these characters and see what they have to offer. And then it's a huge pleasure for local audiences to see just how talented their own cities are. Mm. So I hope people will get a, a good mouthful of that when they see the show. I hope so. That would be great. We have so much great local talent here and we've worked with them on other shows and know some of them on a personal level. So we're glad you're reinvesting in our community here. So yeah. thank you for thank you for being on the program, TJ. Is there anything else? That's all. Thanks so much for having me. It's a joy great. to work on this show and to spread the word about it. Great. Great. We look forward to it. Again, rcenter.org and browardcenter.org as well. March 16th through April 4th, 2021. We look forward to it. Put on, bring out your magnifying glass and uh, bring your um, best questions out today. All right, we'll see you at the show. Thanks and have a good evening. Oh, and text OCQ to 22828 to stay updated with us. All right, everyone, have a good one. Thank you.